Alright, John chapter 15, verse number, um, we'll start from verse number 1, all the way to verse number, um, verse number 11. Verse number 12, so 1 to 12, I'll start verse number 1, you respond verse number 2, responsive reading until we reach verse number 12. The Bible says in John chapter 15, I am the true vine. And my father is the husband man. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. As the Father had loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full together, verse number 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord. Once again, um, we are uh, here in your uh, house as you uh, speak to us, Lord, through your word. I pray, O oh God, that our hearts are ready. And help me, Lord, as I deliver your word to your people. Uh, I'm not worthy, Lord, to bring your word. But, Lord, only by your grace that um, we can stand only by your grace that we can come. And therefore, O oh God, we humble ourselves. Please um, pour your blessing upon us, O oh God. Give us clarity of uh, the lessons here and uh, the simplicity, Lord, of the preaching of your word that our hearts may understand and that, Lord, uh, we may be able to apply them um, into our daily walk with you. Bless, Lord, your people once again and even those who are still on their way that, Lord, you will just... Um, Cover them with your uh, hands of protection and to keep them and allow them to arrive here safely. Bless all of us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> Please be seated. Our main focus perhaps tonight is in verse number um, 11. And again, uh, this is a blessing of the Word of God. The Word of God has been the, the source of so many great blessings in the life of the Christian. This is the one that can encourage us in the time of our, of our uh, discouragements. This is the one that will strengthen us in times when we are down and when we are weak. And again, um, uh, you see here in this passage, in chapter 15, uh, this is where uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking to his disciples. And this is when uh, the Lord Jesus was walking uh, perhaps um, right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Or maybe they, are, they stopped somewhere, we do not know. But uh, this is the place where uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, spoke to his disciples, and probably in Gethsemane. And because this is around the Passover, so we could expect that there, there must be some you know, a brightness in the place and the, and the full moon there um, that they can see overhead. And uh, as you can see, there must be some solemnity uh, of the, the, the group around this um, gathering of few people, only around 13 of them, with the Lord Jesus Christ with them. And again, um, just few, perhaps hours before this, a meeting of the night, the Lord Jesus uh, spoke to his disciples about heavy stuff, heavy, heavy to the ears for the new 
Christians. These aren't just new. You know, remember these people, they, 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 they you know, uh, follow Christ just less than three years, maybe around three years. They are very new Christians. When you are three, when you are three years uh, in your Christian life, you are still relatively young Christian. Me, I have been, uh, I got saved in 1993. So that's 29 years ago. And if you've been saved like three years ago, we could say that you are still very young Christian. But all of these disciples were just like that, three years. In other words, all of them were very young Christian. And yet, they will hear the Lord Jesus Christ spoke about that uh, he would go and prepare a place for them. They could not understand it. They had no idea what the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking. And the Lord Jesus Christ, they have not experienced uh, seeing him die on the cross yet because it's not happening. It never happened yet. Uh, they have not experienced um, the, the, the great persecution that would take place because it's not happening yet at this moment. And it's going to happen soon. So the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking about this stuff uh, that he would go away and prepare a place for them and, 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 and he said that the Holy Spirit would come and comfort them. They just heard it. But come this part of the ear and goes this out of this, the other side because they have no idea what the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking to them. And again, they would hear the Lord Jesus Christ would say to them, Abide in me. Why he kept on repeating the word, Abide, abide, stay with me, you know, just be with me. Why he keeps repeating the words? And again, they have no idea. But everything that Jesus Christ was speaking to them would soon, you know, would, would come to reality and it is tough. Very, very hard, difficult, you know, saying. And, and, and he said he said to his disciples, if if you love me, uh, you will you will you will stay and you will keep my commandments. So again, for new Christians, it's hard to understand all these things. So um, we can almost we can almost see the the we can almost see the uh, burden here. We can almost see the responsibility that they have. This young. Um, People, you mean young Christians, they are old, adult, you know, in their lives, but they are still relatively young in their Christian life, and they have been uh, given this responsibility by the Lord because He was about to be crucified. He was about to be separated from them, and He was about to leave them. And they are the ones that will carry the message, you know, all around, you know, the place in Jerusalem and then all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of it. These young Christians are the people that will bring this about. Of course, not with the help, without the help of the Holy Spirit of God, because without the Holy Spirit of God, there's nothing these people can, could do. There's nothing that they can accomplish, uh, except that the Holy Spirit of God would help them. But in verse number 11, you can find that even though the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking this hard stuff, hard to comprehend, hard to understand for young Christians. But the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking all of this, but he indicated that, um, that everything that he had said to them for the fullness of their joy. Fullness of joy. How can that be? And again, we have to, we have to understand that uh, the Christian who remains in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you just cling unto the Lord Jesus, if you just cling unto Him, you also will abide in His joy, in His pleasure. The Lord Jesus Christ for sure will be your own pleasure. I don't know. There are so many people that are rich uh, and, 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 and they don't have relationship with the Lord Jesus, but even though they are rich, they are, they are not joyful. But there are people who are poor, even though they have no money, they have no material goods, they have no uh, flash things, they have no nice house, they have no good cars. And yet, because they have the Lord Jesus Christ in their life, they are satisfied, they are content, and they are happy, they are joyful in their, in their, in their lives. And that is the difference there. 
because some Christians they cling unto the Lord and the Lord is their joy and they are not they are not uh, confounded in that and the Lord um, uh, also give them satisfaction in their lives but here those Christians who remains in the Lord Jesus Christ um, they abide in his joy in his pleasure and those uh, Christians that uh, you know uh, uh, will just neglect that relationship with the Lord uh, they have they have no they are they are no different than those unbelievers um, there are Christians that are looking for uh, material joy I mean uh, uh, looking for material things to give them joy and satisfaction uh, they are no different than those Christians who are uh, I mean those people who do not have Christ but that is really sad if the Christian will will find joy from material goods uh, will 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 find joy from material things because uh, we know already uh, we've been Christian for a long time for so some of us we know already that joy I mean material things is are not the only source or are, are not even the source of joy the real source of joy is the one who owns everything is the Lord Jesus Christ in in um, if I'm not mistaken Psalm 24 Psalm 24 verse number one the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein and you see um, in, in even Habakkuk Habakkuk uh, had mentioned this that uh, if if time will come that there will be no more food there there will be no more no more uh, meat in in the stalls there there will be no more um, oil and there will be no more material things he, still he said he will rejoice in the Lord whatever circumstance um, he will be in his life uh, he will rejoice in the Lord uh, that is in Habakkuk chapter three verse number seventeen he said although the fig tree shall not blossom neither the fruit and uh, neither shall fruit be in the vines the labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls yet yet i will rejoice in the lord i will joy in the god of my salvation and this is what apostle paul was saying that in whatsoever state I am, there way to be content. I know how to, 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 to abound and I know how to be abased. And in everything, he is instructed both to do and, and to suffer need. And he just, you know, uh, experienced all these things. But in whatever circumstance that he is in, he will just trust in the Lord. He will just rejoice in the Lord. And that this is what Apostle Paul, and this is what the Lord wants us to understand. That... Um, the joy that he has is not coming from anything, but it is coming from him. It is coming from his word. He is the source of joy. And here this evening, we're, we're, trying, we're trying to um, figure out here this um, pleasure in abiding in the Lord Jesus. I don't know, in your life, uh, is Christianity a burden? Or... To some I know, Christianity is a joy. To some people, Christianity is a burden, is a duty to do. But to some people, our Christianity is delight. Our Christianity is, you know, joy in the Lord. What a blessing that, you know, we are called uh, by God in His salvation. What a blessing it is that we are a part of His family. And what a blessing it is that uh, despite of who we are, the Lord has, uh, 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 he, he treats us as very dear to him, very dear um, a member of his family. So our Christianity, my friend, is not a burden. Our Christianity is joy. It is a delight. So now we'll take a look at this verse here in verse number verse number 10 and verse number 11 of our text John chapter 15 verse number 10 
Verse number 11, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that my joy, and that your joy might be full. Now, let us take a look at the conditions of joy. The conditions of joy is found in this text. And what we learn and what we uh, get from here is that, you know, when we see the Word of God, we need to hear. We need to hear the Word of God. And, and once we hear it, um, again, the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking here. And He was speaking very hard stuff. But He speaks there. And all He meant for that is for their joy. He wants His people to have joy. And again, um, there is no doubt that the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to his people. Not just to his disciples 2,000 years ago, but even until today, the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to his people. There's no doubt about it. But the question is, are we, his people, really listening to him? Are we listening to him? Because that is the problem even... Even, um, you know, when we have problems, we will, we will succumb to that problem and we will soak ourselves and we will try our best to solve the problem and we will not run to the Lord until we give up, until it cannot be done by, within our means. Sometimes people will run, you know, we will wait until they run out of money before they run to God. If people will, will experience problems, they will, they will do everything um, with, within their might before they will turn to the Lord. But again, um, God wants us to um, you know, call upon Him. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. That's Jeremiah chapter 33 verse number 3. Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So, God wants us to uh, rely upon His Word. God wants us to have joy um, with His Word. In, in, verse number, in verse number 11, it says there, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. My friend, the condition of this joy is when we hear the word of God, we have to respond. We have to respond. When, when, you, when you read the Bible, when you, when you listen to God, when, you, when God speaks, all we need to do is, you know, decide to respond to that. And our response when we hear the word of God is to rejoice. Just rejoice. Whatever it is, in what, whatever circumstance we are in, we need to respond and we need to rejoice. Because I'll tell you, um, there might be some problems that we encounter in our lives. There might be uh, circumstances that uh, we encounter in this, in this you know, uh, walk with the Lord, uh, in, in our personal walk, in our family relationship. Uh, we might experience a lot of problems. But again, it does not mean that we cannot rejoice in the Lord. It does not mean that um, we will just, we will just um, you know, soak ourselves with those problems. But the, the Lord is calling us to rejoice upon Him. As Habakkuk said, Although the fig tree shall not blossom. What a, you know, I don't know... When I when I when I look at this and, and, and see and and consider the person Habakkuk when he said that in, in Habakkuk three seventeen and eighteen when he when he said that there's no amount of outward circumstances can affect his heart his joy in the Lord I hope that we are like that that there's no amount of circumstances in our life. That can stop us from, you know, rejoicing in God, from being happy in the Lord. Are you happy in the Lord? Or you are just 
you know, uh, you cannot figure out uh, what, what's going on in your life right now. And there might be some aspirations, there might be some ambitions in life that have not been attained. And things that you still want to do in life and there, you, you found that there's no way or you do not know how to uh, make it happen. My friend here, Habakkuk, is, um, he's just like us. He's just a person like us. But this man, oh, I'll tell you, this is an ama- amazing person. He loves the Lord more than any material goods that, you know, uh, perhaps this man might be very rich. He might have all these fig trees, or he might have this um, field that, uh, uh, with, the, with, with um, fruit of the vines there. I might have these um, paddocks full of uh, animals, livestock. But he said, if all of this will disappear, he will still rejoice in the Lord. Just like Job. Job was a rich person. He was one of the richest person in those times. And you know the story of Job. He had 5,000 oxens and I don't know how many thousands oxens there, but thousands and thousands of, um, he has camels, he has sheep in great number. And he has a lot of servants. And he has 10 beautiful children. 10 beautiful children. Seven, seven, you know, um, handsome boys and three beautiful girls. And the Bible described them. There's no one like them. They were just exceedingly beautiful. Those 10 children. And, and Job was so rich. But one day, in one day, all his riches gone, stolen, and, and, and servants killed, and reported to him only one instead of 10 or 15 servants, only one alive to report to him what happened. And, and then at the last there, you can find that while his children having gathering together, one celebrated birthday, and, and, and they, they, they have fun together, then all this wind blew upon that house and that house fell and all his children in one day one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten caskets ten caskets lined up Job was heartbroken he was so down and he puts he puts on sackcloth and ashes you know just he was so down. And in fact, he, he cursed the day that he was born. And he even wished that the day of his birthday was not part of the calendar. Have you read that in the Bible? He said that he wished that that day that he was born, it's not part of the calendar. He was so down. It was not an easy ordeal. And yet, He, he lived, uh, you know, a very, uh, he was very, very strict when it comes to sin. He's, he's a father that is so, um, uh, he wants to make sure that his children is right by his own device that the Lord cannot find any sin in his children. I, I don't know if you have met someone like that, that you will do your best to protect your children from sin. To protect your children from the curse from God. And we don't do that, but he did. What he did is that his children are good children. You know, they are, they are, they are behaved children. Beautiful, behaved. What, what else do you, do you want from you know, people like, like them? Despite of the riches that they have, they are so rich and they are so beautiful... And, and, and still, and they are very good uh, modeled uh, in character. But Job is so, so, um, 
He wants to make sure that uh, he doesn't know the heart of his children. And what he did, he offered, you know, um, sin offering in behalf of his children. Sin offering! He's not sure whether they committed sin or not, but he offered sin offering so that if they have sinned, which he, he doesn't know, if they have committed sin against God, the Lord will forgive them because he offered sin offering of the sin that is not even existing. That is how, you know, the, the fatherhood of Job is a beautiful, you know, example of, of a father. He loves his children, not just the, you know, the physical bodies of their children, uh, not just the, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the, the personality of his children he loves his children even to the soul he loves the souls of his children that he he offered sin sacrifices to god in behalf of his children because who knows if his children curse god that's that's what's his reasoning why he offered the sin offering but one day all his children gone and when, when it happened, he puts on sackcloth and ashes and he worshipped God still. He worshipped God. He lost his riches. He lost his servants. He lost his children. And then, lastly, he lost his health. What happened to him? Boils just sprouting all over his body. Boil from the sole of the feet all the way to the top of his head. Boil. I, I had boil once. One boil over here. And it was very, very painful. Very painful. I don't want even the wind or the electric fan. Well, I, I cannot allow anything to touch it. It's so painful tormentingly, you know, painful. And how much I can imagine the boil of Job all over his body. And yet, he was still found worshipping God. And that's where Mrs. Job was so angry. Mrs. Job said to Job, Job, you are still continuing with your integrity Job cursed God and died. Mrs. Job wants Job to curse God and commit suicide. But Job answered his wife and said, Do you want only good things from God? Do you only want to accept good things? And when there are bad things, would you refuse it? And Job said, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, In all this, Job sinned not in his heart before the Lord. And you see, Habakkuk is the same. I believe, you know, they have the same spirit in here. That there is no amount of these um, material things surrounding them can stop Habakkuk from rejoicing in the Lord, rejoicing in the God of his salvation. And this is what God, you know, uh, finds delight in his children. This is where the Lord will find delight in you. The conditions of joy. There must be nothing there. There's a song that nothing uh, between me and my Savior. Nothing. There's nothing blocking. You and the Lord, there's nothing in between. Wow. I hope that we can honestly, you know, claim that in our heart. That we will still rejoice in the Lord. 
despite of the lack of material things, despite of you know uh, the, the the lack of uh, comfort, despite of the lack of the blessings that we can see in the people around us, we must have that uh, conditions of our joy. The Lord Jesus Christ wants you that if there is a cause of joy in your heart, it is the Lord, not the material things. Because those material things will just follow. The Lord holds them. The Lord holds those material things. If you, if you know how to take that material things, take it from the Lord. The Lord is the one that's holding them. You see, happiness is a choice. It is a decision. Job had a choice. He has a choice to point to God with his finger and say to the Lord, Lord, I have lived a clean life. I have worshipped you with all my heart. I have... Um, 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 uh, offered to you everything I have and now this is what I got he, he has a choice to say that he has a choice to curse God because of what happened to him but he uses his choice he uses his choice in the right way he chooses to rejoice in the Lord despite of everything. And the same thing is true with Habakkuk. He will joy in the God of his salvation, despite of the lack of these material things. The conditions of joy. Now, let's take a look at this. The constancy of joy. The constancy of joy. Go back to our text, verse number 11. Verse number 11 of John chapter 15. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You see, his joy remains in us as we focus only and solely on his word. If you focus on material things, you will lose your, you know, eye contact with the Lord. If you focus on things in this world, you will lose, you know, that eye contact with the Word. But the, the, the source of joy is in the Word. The source of joy is in the Lord. When, when, when Paul said this in in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5, he said, uh, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, whatever things that the Lord Jesus Christ had in his mind can be also be in our mind today. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So there is a possibility now that we can have the mind of Christ. What he thought in those times. But if you don't follow the word of God, if you don't you know, seek um, uh, the joy from the word of God, what will happen? You do not know where to go. We do not know what to do. And that's what happened to a person. That James said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He makes this decision and step back from that decision and go this way, change his mind, go this way. And later on he finds that, oh, it's a wrong path, go this way, and go this way, this way. Unstable. Unstable. That's what James said in James 1.8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You see, his supply is constant. The supply of joy is constant. 
What is that? Unceasing, never stop. It's not affected by the surroundings, not by not affected by recession, not affected by you know uh, uh, maybe calamity, not affected by anything. Why? Because the the supply of joy is constant. The Lord is feeding the mind with joy constantly, unceasingly. Why is that? Because it's all there in the Word of God. His supply of joy is constant as long as the person remains in the Lord. If you will just remain in the Lord, and it is God's delight to give you His joy. So when the Lord gives you that joy, you don't need that millions there. You don't need that millions to rejoice. Some people think that, oh, if only I have that million. If only I have that million, I will be a joyful man. I'll tell you, I already told you about this. How can I forget Adolf Merkel? How can I forget the man? Number 46 in the Forbes list of billionaires. Number 46 in the billionaires list. And then in 2008, he dropped to number 98. Why is that? Because he lost money during the recession in one night. He lost billions of dollars and he dropped. What he did? He still has like 8 billion in his, in his name, in his assets. Maybe he lost around 6 billion in one night. The next morning, he was found dead. He jumped into the train track. No one knows, you know. Ordinary. People thought that he's just an ordinary man. Walk into the train station. And then, as the train approaches, he jumped and died. And later on found, he was Adolf Merkel. The billionaire in Germany. He has billions. And people think, oh, if only I have 100,000, I would be happy. No. It's not the money that can give you the joy. Your money maybe can buy you beautiful bed, but it cannot buy you good sleep. It can maybe buy you medicine, but it cannot give you healing. Because healing is ultimately from the Lord. And you see, money is wrong. Some men, they will, they will go to, they will imagine beautiful girls, beautiful ladies. And some people can get it. They, 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 they leave their family, they leave their wives, and go find this joy in women. And I will tell you, my friend, over and over again, and time and time and again, these men, they went there, they have another woman, Alas, joy is not there. There's no joy there. You saw all these people, famous, famous people. Beautiful, you can see their photos in magazines and all that, especially in the old 1960, 1970, 80. You will see the faces like um, 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 Elizabeth Taylor, in the 1950s maybe. <laughs> I just read that in the magazine one time. Wow, Elizabeth Taylor had, had eight husbands. You know, she changed husbands often. I can't believe it. Marilyn Monroe. Again, she has the fame, she has the money, she has the popularity. And she has the face. She died not so old, maybe 33 years old she died. Still beautiful. She died. With all those money, fame, popularity, and, and beauty. And what you can find? Her words. 
coming from her mouth, said, my life is empty. So where is the money now? Where is that money? Where is that money that people think can provide, supply, joy? You see, that is why it's like that because these people, as James said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's got it, he's, he's gotten it wrong. He's gotten it wrong. The basis of, you know, in his mind, in his um, uh, estimation, the basis of joy is based on material things. No, my friend. Joy can, the real joy can only be found in the Lord Jesus. The Lord, perhaps, I heard this from pastors before, the Lord, you know, created us with, with a hole in our heart. And that hole in the heart, man can, can uh, you know, manufacture something to fill that hole. But not knowing that only Jesus Christ can fill that hole in your heart. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And here, his joy remains in us as we focus on his word. And his joy prevails over any heartaches that we can have in this life. The heartaches may be um, um, hard to, to bear and difficulties um, as we go through life. But the joy of the Lord can always prevail, even in the toughest of moments in our lives. Why? Because it is based on the power of God. That is why Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. Looking unto Jesus, not on material things. Not on your job, not on the economy, not in your country, not in your, uh, you know, national leaders. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy? You see, again, you can find here, if you imagine the Lord Jesus Christ hanging on that cross with, the, with nail here, with nail here on the both hands and and, and nail also on the feet, in pain, in agony, difficulty in breathing, and all of these bruises, and all the sting, the crowns of thorns. Oh, I'll tell you, my friend. There's a lot more if you, if you dig deeper and, 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 and study uh, more about what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. There will be more that you can find there. Um, awful, awful uh, situation and condition of the Lord Jesus. But despite that, despite that, notice what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus. Looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, despite of the agony, the physical pain and agony, deep within his heart is the joy. While he was on the cross, there was a song that says, You are in his mind. While Jesus Christ hung on that cross, the Lord Jesus is thinking about me. That is why even though in pain, he has joy because he thinks about you. The Lord Jesus thinks about us. That is why he has this joy. Looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He endured it. Not giving up. Not giving in to sin. Not giving up. He endured it. Why? Because you are in his mind. I, I, I was in his mind. He was thinking about me. If he will give up, then Adrian will be gone forever, for all eternity. Leonard will be gone for all eternity. Samuel, Polly, Faith, Chow, 
everyone else will be gone for all eternity. The Lord Jesus was thinking about us. That's why he endured that cross, despising the shame. Sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, I do not know what's your burden today. I do not know what's in your heart today. Maybe finances. Maybe you have broken relationship. Maybe you need a job or maybe you, 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 a loss of a friend. But I will tell you, my friend, what joy that sustained the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross is available to you today. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was in the mind of the Lord Jesus? What was in his mind? The constancy of joy. It is constant. Joy is constant. Because the Lord is the one that supplies it. If, if money is the one that supplies your joy, remember money runs out. So your joy is gone too. Is your, is your boyfriend or girlfriend supplies that joy? Remember, boyfriend or girlfriend will change. Then goodbye to your joy. Is your spouse, your husband, your wife, is the one that supplies that joy? Remember, a person change, changes. But if the Lord Jesus is the one that supplies you that joy, he will never change. He will remain the same for all eternity. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord Jesus will never change. That is why there is constancy of joy. The conditions of joy. Lastly, the completeness of joy. The completeness of his joy. Go back to our text in First, I mean, in John chapter 15, verse number 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that, my, and that your joy might be full. And that your joy might be full. Now, you have to take uh, a look at this. The pleasure of an abiding relationship with the Lord Jesus is unlike anything the world has to offer. It's not the same. The problem, the problem with us, especially when we were unbelievers, we have no past experience of the joy in the Lord. That is why the only joy we have is supplied by the world. We, every Christmas, we, we have the joy because we know we receive something. We receive something material. So therefore, we experience the joy. And we don't have any other experience of joy. That is why, because we are ignorant of God, we do not know God. We have no experience of God. So therefore, we have no um, you know, uh, basis of the feeling of joy with God. Because we have no experience of God. But when you become a Christian and you, you experience the joy of the Lord, you experience the joy that's something different. A different kind of joy. Joy that is lasting. Joy that is not based on money. Joy that is not based on material things. Something different. Because before, it's always material things. Oh, someone gave me a, a pair of shoes. So we have the joy. Someone gave me you know, uh, for the first time, this cash on my birthday. So we have the joy. Because these things supplies the joy. But these are material things. But the joy that the Lord Jesus Christ can supply is lasting joy. And that is a complete joy. Something wholesome. 
There is no malice. There is no, uh, uh, there, there is no, you know, uh, even, even shadow of sin. It's just wholesome, altogether beautiful. When you, when you experience uh, sharing the gospel and the person receives the Lord, there is joy. That is joy that's not based on money. That is joy that is heavenly, coming from above. And this is the joy that is complete. The completeness of his joy. In Psalm 16, verse number 11. The psalmist said, In thy presence is fullness of joy. I tell you, my friend, when we get to heaven, there's some more money there. But there is completeness of joy because the presence of the Lord Himself is the completeness of joy. His presence alone is complete everything. You know, in paradise, Adam and Eve doesn't have dollars. They don't have dollars. But it was a complete joy because the Lord was with them. And that God wants us to, the Lord, the Lord God, He, he wants us to experience fullness, completeness of joy with Him. If you become a Christian, the Lord will just, you know, we, we sing, we, even in singing of the hymns, oh, our heart, oh Lord, thank you. Sometimes people cry just, just listening to the hymns, just singing the hymns. I remember Pastor Jimbo, uh, uh, he, he has a sister uh, living now in, I've been living there in, in uh, what's the place, Athena? Hawaii. And still now in Hawaii. The name is Evelyn. She visited one time to our church and wow, for the first time in her life, able to attend a Baptist church like us. And just right there, at the singing of the hymn, the very first song, they sang the song, they sang the song, uh, what song was that? Uh, My Savior's Love. Has no idea what, what kind of song is that, but when they began singing that song and the lyrics there, he under, she understood it and sing, sing along with that. And oh, tears flowed from her eyes non stop. Non stop. Just by the singing of the hymn. And it's just break her heart. And again, That was joy. And um, the presence of God is the completeness of that joy. The Lord wants us to be filled with that joy. When, when we come to the, with the presence of the Lord, when we pray, we are automatically is in the throne of grace. And the Lord is... You know, right there before us. And when we are in that position of uh, the proximity that we have with the Lord in prayer, we are in His presence. And of course, because we are in His presence, there is fullness of joy. There is, uh, you know, uh, peace that will just uh, cover you entirely. Peace that you cannot find anywhere else. Peace that's only coming from God. He wants us to experience that fullness of joy. Why? The reason, the reason why uh, he wants us to come constantly in his presence, in prayer, in singing, and in worship like this, and your personal devotion, and, and in your Bible reading, God wants you to uh, continuously uh, be in his presence because he wants to give you that fullness of joy so that so that 
when you are full with the Lord, when you are full with His, with His presence, we are with the fullness of His presence and, and, and joy and blessing in your life, it is less tempting when Satan tempts you something. Because there's no room for Satan to fill there. You are already full of the blessing of the Lord in your life. You don't aspire for that money anymore. You know, you don't need that money anymore. You don't need that that you know uh, uh, the material things anymore. You don't need that person anymore. You have the Lord already, completing that joy, and you will not buy the cheap thrills of the devil. Some people will go to drugs to find that joy. Some people they go for that uh, money. They go for that power. They, they want position, they want fame to have that joy. That Those are cheap thrills from the devil. They are not actually giving them joy. It will just give them heartache. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is our strength. As we are God's children, we are uh, the branches and the Lord is the vine. If we are attached to the vine, then we share His joy. I wonder if you are happy in the Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord, there is joy. If you are not happy in your personal life, that will just tell us that you are really detached from the vine. But that's not the end of the world yet. All you need to do is come to the Lord. Attach again. Go back again to that moment of, you know, uh, solemnity, moment of closeness, moment of, you know, communion with the Lord. And, and, and abide there. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. If you abide in the vine. God said abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide, it abide in the vine. No more can ye. Except you abide in me. You see. Um, in, in verse number um Verse number 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. I am the vine, verse number 1. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And all of this, the Lord is promising joy. My friend, I hope that you see where the real joy comes from. Because our human eyes had mistaken this. Our human feelings um, have mistaken this. We, we, we we look for something, we look for, from somewhere to find this joy. And we have not seen that the joy that we are looking for is just right there in the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. The Lord is prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for the reminder tonight. Thank you, Lord, um, to tell us about this fullness of joy. And that is what we are looking for. That is what we desire. All of these times, Lord. That fullness of joy. Father, forgive us, Lord, for looking somewhere else. Not knowing that this joy can only be found in your presence. Lord, help us, Lord, to frequent ourselves in your presence and to abide constantly even constantly 
because we want the constant supply of this joy from you. Lord, bless your people. Bless all of us in our church today. And Lord, thank you that with your words we are taught where to find this joy. Because the people in the world today, even the rich people in the world today, they are oblivious of where to find this joy. They spent millions upon millions to find this joy, but they could not find it. But Lord, lo and behold, it's just here in your word, at your presence, there is fullness of joy. And Lord, I pray that each one of us here in this church will truly seek that joy that is coming from you. Because that kind of joy is the only kind of joy that will last. And help, Lord, help our people not to fall into the cheap thrills, cheap joys of the devil. Protect, Lord, your people from falling into it. Thank you, Lord, once again. Thank you for your goodness to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing that final hymn. Alright, for our closing hymn, we're saying, Since Jesus came into my heart,